Hey there, and welcome to uh, an installment in the Cacti series about how we think. And so a lot of what we're trying to do is um, in, in, in kind of communicating what we do as a company and how we operate, um, talking about some of the problems that we face and how we uh, how we get through them. So one of the ones that Josh, uh, who heads up our uh, technology here at Caxi, and I were talking about is this idea of getting stuck and then getting unstuck and how that's a big moment for uh, for people in a development life cycle. So I figured maybe we start with you, Josh, talking about like what's it like to be stuck and what does that mean exactly? Yeah, definitely. Um, so coming from a perspective of a developer, um, getting stuck, there, there's a lot of different types of stuck. Um, and so specifically, we're thinking, um, you know, the types are you don't know where to start at all. Um, that's certainly one type of being stuck. Um, or you uh, ran into a roadblock or an issue, you're trying to troubleshoot something, but you don't know how to solve this issue. And you've tried many things and you just are stuck. Um, and then another type is actually, you don't know if it's even possible to solve this and you end up getting stuck. Um, I think uh, today we'll definitely be focusing on that second one, which is where you run into a roadblock, an issue, um, you're in the, the middle of solving a problem and you don't know how to get yourself unstuck from this problem. Uh, so, so we'll talk maybe, through some, some ideas of how, yeah. to, how to do that. So maybe an existential question. You're working on something. When are you stuck versus I'm still, I'm still hacking away at this and trying to make it work? Like, what is, like, is it just like you've been trying the same thing for hours or something? How, how, how would you define that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think everyone has a different kind of level um, of when they, they consider themselves stuck. Um, I think it's certainly you've um, you've tried a lot of different options and end up trying the same ones like you, you mentioned. I think mm-hmm. it's certainly where, um, you know, or every option you're trying re- results in the same result. Um, so you're not really making progress on solving the issue. Um, I think that's certainly one. Um, wh- when you're not stuck is if you are c- trying to solve like a larger issue, but you end up solving, you know, one part of it here, you then get stuck on the next piece, but you're working on it and you can solve that. I think you're still making progress there. So I wouldn't consider that being stuck. Um, I think there's certainly some efficiencies that you could find in solving, you know, the overall problem, but um, it's certainly where um, you, you're at the point where you feel like all everything's lost and, and you don't know yeah. where to go. Yeah. And you've, you touched on the last one. I think part of it is there's a mindset around um, this is solvable. So, you know, and, and part of it yeah. is if you don't believe it can be solved, it's definitely not going to get solved. But if you believe in it, then you can at least keep trying things out <clears throat> to, uh, to figure out an answer. So maybe exactly. talk a little bit about like, you know, your, your, as you help other people, like as they come in the company, what are the things that you do or think about to help them with strategies for getting unstuck? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that people um, don't do uh, that I, I think I, I usually take for granted, but um, I've learned over time working with people that. Um, it's really helpful to, to teach some of the, the basics and even even having a checklist for people is really mm-hmm. helpful of the steps to go through. Um, because oftentimes when you're when you're in the middle of, of an issue and you're stuck, it's it's hard to step back and actually think through what have I tried so far and what thing what other things should I try? Um, oftentimes people will get stuck in the I'm trying the same type of thing over and yeah. over. Um, and so uh, I think there's a, a lot to it. Um, one piece is Googling. Um, Googling is a skill, actually, and that, that's always funny to say. Um, and developers always joke that, like, 
half of their job is actually just searching on Stack Overflow or Google. Yeah. And that's true. Um, but I think there's also a skill behind being able to find the results that you're looking for. And then also, um, even if you find the results, it's being able to assess whether this is the right solution for you know, my issue. Um, and I've, I've found working with a lot of people that while I'm troubleshooting an issue, um, oftentimes I'll go to a link and I'll quickly go back um, because I saw that it wasn't actually what I needed. And they, they usually ask, how did you know that so quickly? Yeah. And that, that's how certainly a skill. Um, I think it's, it's definitely pattern recognition. Um, mm. And oftentimes it's understanding more around your, your problem that you're trying to solve. Um, so sometimes it will be entirely different tech stack and it seemed like the right result, but it's actually unrelated completely to, to the issue. Yeah. Um, or it could be that um, they are solving, you know, a different issue that I already knew, you know, was possible, but I, I've already eliminated that. Um, mm. So I think there's certainly a lot of um, skills around just diagnosing what the solution is to sure. and understanding that. And how about, cause I know I've been in this situation where you find something on Stack Overflow that seems to get you somewhere, but then kind of doesn't or get you 90% and the 10% is really what you needed help with, but yet you keep hacking away at it for hours. And I'm using hacking in a very positive sense, like trying, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, how do you, how do you handle a situation like that? Um, I'm definitely, uh, I, I usually like to go back and, and scrap it and try something else. I still keep it back there because I know I got to 90% of the way here, but if I'm not seeing the end of the tunnel, um, it's okay to scrap that and try something else. Um, even if that was really close, it might not be the actual right solution. It could have been taking you down the wrong direction. That seemed like it was solving most of the problem, but ultimately wouldn't. Um, so I, I think a lot of, um, a lot of times people get into rabbit holes and, um, I oftentimes, you know, when I'm searching for a solution or, or, you know, just help on, on a specific troubleshooting issue, um, I'll open 10 links from the, the first search page and I'll go through each one of those before I even try any, um, to kind of get a feel for what's out there. Are there similarities between these, these issues that people are reporting? Are they completely different? Um, I think all of that is really, really helpful to just kind of assess first what options you have there um, before deep diving into trying trying one of the solutions. And maybe it's something we, we've actually talked about in the past. Um, talk about what you actually put in Google. Yes. So like what do you put so in that's a big bar? one. Um, and I've learned actually now when, when helping someone that's who's stuck, I always ask them, what did you search for in Google? And um, if it's an error specifically, I will say, did you copy and paste the full error in and put that into Google? And oftentimes they, they'll say no. And um, when we do it, the first result or on the first page, you'll, you'll find the exact you know, solution right. for this issue. So it's certainly um, copy and paste the, the full error first. And maybe you, you'll want to tag the, the tech stack that you're working in or the framework um, language in front or at the end of the, the search. Um, and then always, you know, error messages will sometimes include your system details and stuff like that. Remove all of that junk and just include the actual error itself. Even if it's a really generic, seemingly generic error, um, if you include the tech stack with it, usually you'll find it. 
Yeah. <clears throat> amazing. It's amazing. Like I've never found anything that didn't already have someone that, in, that had encountered it. So those, those brave yeah. heroes at Stack Overflow who are answering the questions, shout out to you because still after all these years, I've never put anything in there. So, uh, exactly. really, you know, yeah, one definitely. of the other things you talked about was, um, this idea of just taking the time to read the code and that that's a, a skill in and of itself. Um, wh- yeah. what about that contributes to getting unstuck? Yeah, so that's one of the beautiful things of working with open source code is you often have the code right in front of you. Um, and so a lot of people, um, a lot of the, the issues when people get stuck are actually related to the code, a, a third party code that they're working with um, that isn't uh, working as expected or isn't working as the documentation states. Um, and a lot of people will get stuck there if, if the documentation doesn't explain how to solve this issue. And so one of the big things that um, you know we really focus on is getting better at reading other people's code, specifically framework or libraries, the code um, of the open source dependencies that you're using. Because when you dive into the code and you actually find where this piece is failing, maybe it's a, a conditional and if statement that, um, is actually resulting in the error that you're getting or resulting in the the use case that you weren't expecting. Um, You can take a look at exactly what that if condition is and see, trace back to what those variables are, how you're passing that data in, does it align? Um, Because open source code is great, but it also means that documentation might not be up to date um, because they aren't explicitly required to to have their documentation up to date. We're not paying them to use this. So we should never expect it to be fully up to date. Um, and so that's certainly a, a big piece. I think also um, reading through the code of, that other people wrote on your project. Um, it's always tracing back the, the code and reading through, okay, if I input this data, how would this code react? Um, mm-hmm. One of the big things that we always say is that the code is doing exactly what you programmed it to do. It's it's not a weird fluke. It's not a... It's almost never um, a crazy edge case with a third-party service. Um, And so a lot of it uh, um, comes down to just setting aside your ego and knowing that you will make mistakes, you will make typos. Um, And so throw all that aside, throw away your assumptions and just look back, follow through the code and see what what it's actually doing. Yeah. So what do you do if... You know, if it's not in the documentation or the documentation is wrong, um, you know, because I think a lot of people just assume like, you know, third party library or something, they just assume, well, of course it works. It can't be the problem. You know, how do you, how do you bridge the gap and get in there and, and open yourself to maybe the possibility that that's, that's the problem? Yeah. So um, I think there's two different approaches and I, I, I do both. Um, if you use an IDE that has auto completion and go to definition, um, you know, we use PHP Storm. Um, other people use Visual, Visual Studio Code. Um, you can jump to that code right in, right in your source code if it's locally downloaded files. Um, that's usually what I'll first try to do is I'll see, um, jump into their code base and see what function I'm calling. So my entry point into that code. And then I trace through the code to, to find out what it's actually doing, following it just like I would if it were my own code. Um, so that that's really helpful working with the IDE. Um, and if you're working in a language where you can actually modify that source code, um, temporarily while, while you're working through it, you can add debug statements within their code and, and yeah. dump out what data it's getting, 
Um, that's often what we'll do is we'll we'll throw you know debug statements in there, console logs um, to see what out or what input this function is actually receiving, and is that matching what input I'm sending it? Because sometimes it will be mismatched, and then you then you have a going a going off point. So I think yeah. a lot of it when you are stuck is just finding finding the the going off point and eliminating variables. Yeah. Well, so talk about that. Cause I know you, one of the things I've heard you talk about is uh, troubleshooting in the, in the moment and eliminating variables is one of those. What, what about being in the moment uh, do you think is productive about getting unstuck? Yeah. So I think um, stepping back and, and just eliminating as much as possible of what this, um, what we know isn't the issue um, or identifying where this issue is, is being caused. Um, so at the very basic level of, if you're working in a decoupled application where you have a separate front end that talks to a back end, um, determining if it's on the back end or the front end. Um, I think that's a really important step um, and uh, is one that you can quickly um, determine by either looking at the network requests in the browser or adding logging um, to the front end or the back end, comparing, seeing where, where the disconnect is. Um, once you have that, you can chop off half of your code base and start focusing there. Um, so other things are, um, you can filter it down to the exact, you know, endpoint that's causing issues. Um, oftentimes if you're totally unsure where this issue is, um, digging into, you know, the network requests to the API or logging those, finding where this disconnect is happening. Um, once you find that piece of code, the line of code, um, and, uh, if you have an error message, most error messages will include that line of code there for you. Um, and a lot of people don't actually look there first, but that's usually one of the first places you look is you jump right to that, that line of code that's, that has the issue. So once yeah. you, once you have the line of code, the, this entry point into the problem, then, um, you start eliminating variables in terms of what you're expecting this, this line of code to be doing. Um, dump out any inputs to it. Um, make sure that they align with what you're expecting. So yeah. a, a big thing I always say is, Eliminate your assumptions too. Um, so eliminate variables, but also eliminate your assumptions. Um, don't just assume that the data that you're sending to this API is actually untouched coming right to this function. Make sure that it's actually getting the data that, that you're expecting. Um, that's, that's oftentimes a big one where people can get stuck for hours and hours trying to troubleshoot an issue that's actually not in the code that they were looking at. It's actually you know before them. Um, so I think that's that's certainly a, an important aspect of it. You know, I really like uh, the idea about like getting rid, rid of the assumptions because I think a lot of times with, with trying to solve a problem, you lock off a number of different avenues because well it can't possibly be that, and you know in a way you know that whole catch twenty two thing about you can't keep trying the same thing over and over again without that's the definition of, of insanity. Like you, you you're looking at the problem, it you know you're like well it couldn't be the browser, or it couldn't be that their computer is turned off, or it couldn't be well maybe it is. And so some of that is you have to keep you know, expanding your circle to look at other possibilities until you find the one that is the cause because it could be anything in the whole system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so so when eliminating variables, you do need to be really careful that you are actually proving to yourself that this isn't the issue. Um, right. Because I, I think a lot of people will quickly eliminate things just in their, their mind to say, there's no way that that's the issue. Um, and oftentimes, if it is in, in there, it would take hours to loop back and, and retest that. Um, so it's certainly proving um, 
that those aren't the issue, even if 99% of the time it's not the issue, I always double check. And so yeah. a lot of people um, will, will get frustrated while I'm troubleshooting sometimes where it's like, why do you, why did you need to test that? Don't we yeah. know for sure that it's, it's going to be the case? Right. And there's also a little bit of priority setting to it too. So like you know, we've talked about, you know, is it the third party library or is it your code? It's probably your code, but don't yeah. rule out the third party library. Like we were joking before we got on here, um, my camera wasn't working and I went through all these steps and in my, in my head, I started to think about like, well, maybe the camera's broken. And like, I just use it. It can't be the camera. And ended up being, I had the camera disabled, which is sort of like, it's more, it, if you start closer to the things that you've affected in the system, it's probably that and not, you're going to blame something else. That's usually a good place yeah, to prioritize. Definitely. Yeah. And I think uh, a big one um, that reminded me of, of just some other, you know, tips for eliminating variables is to look into where it is working. Is it an issue that, you know, is only on your branch due to the changes that you that you currently have locally. Um, if that's the case, then you already eliminated a ton of variables. Mm. And now you know you just need to look at what changes you've introduced and see which which piece of that could have actually changed it. Um, yeah. Similarly to you know checking all of the environments. So is this an issue on production? If it's not, is yeah. there an issue on staging, on QA, et cetera, um, to determine where the issue is actually introduced because um, it could be a regression um, that, that you're trying to troubleshoot there because that can yeah. also um, help to compare the, the code that's running on production versus the code that's running locally to see what has changed. Yeah. You know, I'm curious. So, so thinking about the value of getting unstuck. So we're in, in consulting, which means we pay a lot of attention to how much time you spend on something because it's very, you know, visible to the project and our clients and stuff. But even like in a, you know, in a product setting, working on a product, spending, you know, spending two months on the, you know, something login validator, um, probably isn't worth it. And so I'm curious for you, at what point do you look at, you know, I've been working on this sort of like in a way long enough that I need to try something new, reach out, get help from other people, whatever. Where, where do you draw the line about how much is on you to solve by your, on yourself and then look for others? Yeah. So um, it's certainly a, a line that, that I think developers struggle with a lot because part of the reason that we're so passionate about development is because we love solving problems. We love to be, you know, going up against the challenge and knocking it over. And so it's always um, difficult, I think, for developers to admit defeat. Um, but you have to remember that you're not really admitting defeat. Um, you're just bringing in some additional assistance. Um, so I think the, um, the timer for me personally is, um, one, I think that just the total number of hours that I have spent on this versus the estimate, um, usually work is estimated in terms of how long it would take you. Um, maybe that's an internal estimate if you don't have one, um, set kind of at the, the business level, um, but keeping track of where you are, time estimate versus the actual estimate of the work, um, and comparing that. If I'm halfway through the ticket and I haven't gotten anywhere, um, that's going to be a problem. And yeah. I would consider reaching out at that point um, because clearly I need to, to kind of get some direction there. Um, and I think that, um, it's also, are you making progress on this solution? Um, I think is a big one. And that's, that's always really hard to, to know. Um, are you just trying, you know, 10 different approaches and none of them have shown any promising results or are you actually down the path of, of resolving this issue and getting yourself unstuck? Are you making progress in terms of, 
you've found what you think is the issue and you're doing a test here, um, or you've eliminated these number of variables, but you're still not sure on you know these four different things that it could be. Um, I think in that case, it's communication is really important um, with the team or whoever is um, is expecting that this work. But um, also, if you are making that progress, it's important to communicate you know what you have done and what's left um, because I think yeah. that can really buy you that that additional time that you need to to solve that issue. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky balance because on one hand, you want you want people to have the time and space to work on the problem on their own, but also. Um, you know, it, you know, with the example of spending two months on something that should have been, you know, whatever the shorter period is, a week or something, um, that that's actually worse. So, it's, so solving it is great, but solving it in eight x the time isn't really um, as valuable. And it's much better, even though it doesn't seem so. Much val- more, much more valuable to reach out when you've been you've dug in enough and you really are stuck after having tried all the stuff we just talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think yeah. um, there's a there's a lot that should be done. If you do get to the point, which is, it happens all the time where you do need to reach out for help. Um, when you do get to that point, it's really important that you come back to it um, after the fact. And um, so you need to be your own advocate for learning what you didn't know in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and so if it's possible, if you do need to hand over the work or um, kind of pair program the, the work with somebody, make sure that you take the time to go back to it. And see what the ultimate solution was, and then reverse engineer that. Take steps backwards to find out what steps was I missing? What steps could I have taken by myself to to get to this solution? Was it actually possible for me? Um, Because sometimes there's just a knowledge gap of some crucial piece of knowledge that someone doesn't have yet that is required to solve that problem. Um, But you do want to find out what was missing there. So that the next time you face that problem or a similar problem, uh, you know what steps you could take. I think that's yeah. that's one um, that a lot of people, especially in the consulting you know business where you want to remain billable and you want to move on to the next thing to, to make sure that you're being productive. Um, it a lot of people kind of forget to do that step, but I think it's really crucial yeah. to to learning. Well, how about maybe as a, as a final point and kind of how we try to solve some of this. Um, from the cultural side, talk a little bit about like how you create a culture where it's okay to come in and ask these questions, and it's not like you get, you know, shot down for asking a you know a silly question or something. Because you're right, sometimes it's just it's a missing piece of information. That's all that it was. Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, everyone at Caxi for sure is open and willing, and always will jump up, uh, up jump up to the opportunity to help. Um, and so there, you will never be met with negativity or or anything. Um, if you're asking questions um, or need help or you you are stuck and, and you reach out. Um, so that's certainly a, our culture um, will always encourage that. Um, oftentimes we, we joke, um, somewhat joking, uh, of like, you will never get fired for asking too many questions, but you would get fired for never asking a question yeah. um, if you end up getting stuck. So yeah. um, that, that's one of the things that we always tell our, our developers as they come in. Um, because we want to make sure that um, they're being productive um, and also learning too. And we don't want you just being stuck, spinning wheels. So that's a, that's a really important piece. Um, and I, uh, our leads here, um, they are working towards making sure that um, we're not just giving solutions to people that are stuck. Um, we want to guide people or unlocking just the, the next step 
for them, but not actually taking over the work or um, giving them the solution without really explaining it. And so um, a lot of times when you do ask a question, you might actually be, um, the response you get might actually be a series of additional questions about what have you tried so far? Um, what things are, are you thinking it could be? Um, what interesting things have you found related to the solution? So um, I think there's a lot of, um, we're trying to build that skill of troubleshooting. Um, and there's a lot of that actively day to day. That's great. Hey, so thanks again uh, for spending some time today talking about uh, being stuck and getting unstuck. Um, I think I, even, I picked up a couple of things as well. So that's always good. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You made it all the way to the end. Thanks. Don't forget to subscribe and like this video to hear more content just like this.